Sorry, I forgot my notes during this podcast, the first 15 minutes, but if you want to hear my spoiler-filled review with my notes and everything, it's around the 16-minute mark. Check the notes for uh, all the timestamps you need to know for the podcast. Thank you for listening, and take it easy. It's a matter of time, I suppose. Everybody, welcome back to the Luck Dog Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com. Today we're discussing Watchmen 2009, a three-hour-plus movie, depending on which uh, cut you watch. I think the regular version was about two hours and 40 minutes. The uh, director's cut is like three hours, and then there's an uncut, unrated, whatever cut. Uh, that's three hours and 30 minutes. I'm... I'm pretty sure I watched the three-hour movie, um, which is the slightly, uh, not the three-and-a-half, but not the two-and-a-half, so it's somewhere in the middle of those cuts. So I can't find my notes for what I took for this movie, and it's driving me absolutely insane. I've I've looked through my entire notebook that I generally keep everything in, and I just can't seem to find where I, jot, uh, I put down all my notes. And so I don't have my specifics on this movie at this time so i might have to go back and re re uh re-record this or add additional content to this because it's just driving me up the wall there's some really good stuff in there um so i'm just gonna talk about this movie very uh briefly lightly i don't have my notes so it's uh, it's really irritating for me at this moment but um Yeah, I I decided to go back and watch uh, the Watchmen 2009 movie, mostly because, obviously, HBO has revitalized uh, uh, HBO's Watchmen series um, this year, and I've really enjoyed the take they've had on this show. I've been way more hesitant to covering that show as a whole, mostly because uh, it has so much mythology and history that is ingrained in the story and so I'm you know kind of dancing on pins and needles on whether I should have covered it or not and so I might do a full season wrap-up of the HBO series but I wanted to kind of go back and see what the movie was all about because I'd seen bits and pieces of it but as a I don't know like eight let's just say I was uh I was in the middle of high school uh, during 2009's Watchmen release so it's quite uh an adult quote-unquote comic it's not your um typical superhero action flick 
it's shot almost what I think I wrote in my notes is like a superhero art house film. It's uh, kind of surprising how much leeway they gave Sna uh, uh, Zack Snyder on this movie. And I, I am one of those people that uh, can very much see um, Zack Snyder's visual potential and also can uh, acknowledge that he has flaws within his storytelling um, methods. Now, I think that Watchmen 2009 might have put him on the map more than others, uh, especially he's he's best well known for, you know, 300, unfortunately, uh, Zucker, uh, Sucker Punch, uh, about three-fourths of Justice League, and Man of Steel. And so... Many, people's ha many people will have things to say about Zack Snyder. I'm not here to bash Zack Snyder at all. I'm mostly here to probably compliment on him as a director within this specific movie. I'm, you know, I was very not happy with uh, the Batman v Superman movie. So it honestly is surprising that this came from the same guy. David Hayter is on the screenplay. Alex Teese is on the screenplay. David Hayter is best well known for uh, being mostly an actor in uh, most things. He was also an, a writer on X-Men 2. Um, and he, let me see, uh, is joined by Alex Teese on the screenplay, who is best known for most recently doing Superfly. Um, writing on that movie, and David Gibbons is the David uh, is the sorry is the graphic novels illustrator. Um, Alan Moore is uncredited on all of his work regarding Watchmen. He is the creator of the graphic novel, and he pretty much is anti Hollywood, so he does not agree in the ways that his um, work has been interpreted in Hollywood. So uh, I'm pretty sure he's not happy with the HBO's um, show either, and he's definitely not happy with Zack Snyder's interpretation. So this movie stars Jackie Early Haley as Warshak, Patrick Wilson as uh, Night Owl, um, Carla Gugino as uh, Silk Spectre, um, regular... We also have uh, Malin Ackerman as the second Silk Spectre, so uh, the Sally Jupiter's daughter, Lori Jupiter. We also have Billy Crudup as Dr. Manhattan, um, slash John Osterman, and Matthew Gooder as Ozymandias, or Adrian Veidt, and Jeffrey D. Morgan as the terrible Edward Blake, slash the comedian. So this movie is, it's a dense one. So yeah, I see on IMDb that it is, a, the theatrical version was two hours and 42 minutes and the version I watched was about three hours. It's crazy because now we don't exactly consider a three hour movie to be terribly, or a two hour and 42 minute movie that long. Three hours seems to be the new threshold to hit. With movies such as uh, The Irishman at like three and a half hours and, and, and Avengers Endgame, you know, at around three hours. So, um, this kind of takes from that long, short 
form, short mini form series. So when I say that, this movie is almost chopped into three separate parts. I don't have exactly the information that I was going to say about that, but um, the movie is um, focused on kind of like a superhero whodunit. Now, it's very loose, loosely based in a way when I say that. Um, here is the synopsis. In 1985, where former superheroes exist, the murder of, colleague, of a colleague sends active vigilante Warshak into his own sprawling investigation, uncovering something that com could completely change the course of history as we know it. So... There are many interpretations of this movie that you can... Well, there are many themes and ideas that happen within this movie. First of all, I think that Zack Snyder brings a very interesting visual style and atmosphere regarding the look and feel of these super, quote-unquote superheroes. Um, I think the atmosphere and music are the things that are punching this thing forward and giving it actively good pacing. And the fact is, this movie is all done on a $130 million budget. In comparison to the major superhero movies we're getting today, I think this is a, a fantastic-looking movie. I'd say there's only one or two quibbles I had with the special effects, mostly regarding Dr. Manhattan's growing effect. But other than that, I thought the the range of effects for the $130 million budget we got is pretty damn good, and the action in this cannot be understated enough. I mean, it is gorgeous to see some people get their ass kicked in this movie. Um, it, I mean, that's one thing that Zack Snyder knows how to uh, film is some pretty decent action, and so um, that's where I think this movie really is strong. It's in the atmosphere and the cinematography, the coloring, and the way that this movie makes you feel. It's definitely a movie that makes you think as well. It's kind of the anti-Batman, anti-Superman. You know, there's this law that has come into play within the world that is saying, you know, basically badges over masks, which mean they don't want vigilantes out there running you know, dealing justice. This movie also covers what is known as the Minutemen. And so, as a non-comic book reader myself, I had no idea what the Watchmen universe was kind of before watching the HBO series, and I had, you know, very little knowledge before. And so, I wanted to go back and kind of understand. The HBO Watchmen series is very much taking place in present day as where this movie is taken back in the 80s and even throwing this back even in the 40s and 30s, 30s and 40s. Um, so, um, and also the HBO show is touching a little bit on that as well. So, um, of the earlier days, kind of where the Minutemen were heavily involved. Now, the two are not... A intrinsically linked there are things from the Watchmen movie the 2009 movie that have no place in the HBO series so I'm gonna try to uh, navigate my way between those two because they very much take place 
in the same realm, but not necessarily the same universe, because there's things that happen within um, the comic book that the HBO series is taking for canon, where the show, uh, where the movie decided it not, it was too ridiculous. I'll explain a little bit later. Um, but yeah, so overall, I was actually pretty pleased with the majority of this movie. I'd say it only kind of stumbles around the third act, where the believability um, kind of is thrown a little bit out the window, and I wanted a little bit more resolution to the very end. So um, since I don't have my notes, I don't have too much else to say. I'll uh, I'll attach in the show notes if I end up, you know, adding additional. Uh, detailed knowledge of what I was thinking during this movie if I can find my fucking notes (laughs) so it's driving me nuts um all right let's hop in the spoiler section of Watchmen 2009 so let's discuss basically my main issue with this movie it's the third act problems maybe a little bit of the way they treat people of color and um women obviously that might just be because it's a you know old school movie but you know who who actually knows what the decision making was in for the majority of that. Although, I will say, there is a major point in the comic books where Adrian Veidt um, decides he needs to make a major disaster happen within the world so that it brings uh, everyone solidarity to you know brings them together so that it shows that you know. Um, we can all come together as a species, as a human, so that we it'll stop war. And so what Adrian does in the movie, he decides to create basically, uh, basically a, some sort of explosion, some sort of nuclear something or another, I, 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 tacky on something. I couldn't exactly tell you. I've watched this two or three times. Uh, I watched the end a couple times, and I still can tell you exactly what happened, but essentially he destroyed the lives of 3 million people, which is kind of supposed to be reminiscent of like the uh, 9-11 attacks, and so they want someone to blame, and so naturally they have the government blame Dr. Manhattan, which it's shown throughout the movie that he might be the cause of other catastrophes such as you know obviously he was part of Vietnam within the war but obvious but other things could be such as um his best friend died of cancer his previous girlfriend um is uh, suffering from cancer and there's this big lingering question of you know is Dr. Manhattan cancerous is you know there's there's very much this lingering question of that character and so I didn't really quite explain the, the the full intent of the movie, but it is broken up in three halves. And the first half is the very much the whodunit uh, of Rorschach going through the Minutemen um, kind of uh, as a detective, almost as if he's like the detective side of Batman and he's going to see what happened to the comedian and all these... Um, obstacles he has to go you know climb over and there's a lot of flashbacks that happen throughout this movie as well i didn't really talk about the editing but i was really impressed with the editing through this movie as well um 
it tells a story in a way that it's showing you things at the beginning you know Rorschach's mother treats him kind of terribly which is another knack I had a little bit against that um but um we don't exactly know what that means when we first see it but later we do um also facts regarding the comedian and how terrible of a person he was that's kind of revealed so what do you know? I've found my notes. They were t digitally written instead of in my actual handbook, uh, my notebook. Um, I'll run down real quickly what I was meaning to say at the beginning of this podcast, but just a couple of the pros, a couple of the cons, some of the more detailed stuff that I had uh, written down. The pros for this uh, movie, Watchmen. The music, the atmosphere, the iconography, the action, the color, editing, set designs, costuming, score. I thought all of those worked extremely well within the universe of the 2009 Watchmen. Some of the cons that I was not too crazy about were in spoiler section by now, obviously. Um, the Richard Nixon uh, at the beginning, the special effects on growing the growing of uh, Dr. Manhattan didn't especially age that well for me personally, but the rest of his stuff looked okay. The treatment of women in this movie is, uh, it's harsh, um, you know, rape, assault, etc. Um, towards the end of the movie, there's a couple of gang members that I believe uh, kill, what's his name, is his name Night Owl? Um, and they are kind of like racist stereotypes of like an Asian gang or something like that. And it looks a little ridiculous. Um, not really sure why that was there. Um, the third act, um, Dr. Manhattan is set up by Adrian Veidt to, uh, sorry, a he's set up by Adrian Veidt and it is made to look like he's destroyed, um, a large segment of New York, which is also reminiscing on the 9-11, uh, of it all, callbacks of it all, um, the problem with this third act for me personally in this movie, I know that originally it was supposed to be some sort of crazy looking jellyfish that was supposed to be the cause of all of the root of uh, humanity, you know, getting wiped out or, or three million people getting wiped out. But uh, they changed it to make it look like it was Dr. Manhattan. And um, to my knowledge, I, I have, I like I said, I have not read the comics or anything like that. This is where it was changed for the movie. And my only problem with this uh, third act is we lose three million people. And at the end of this movie, it still feels like there's some sort of nice, tidy ending. However, when we lose three million people, there's only like two or three people that we can really resonate with uh, on the street that are actually getting, quote unquote, obliterated into, you know, wherever um it's i think there's like two or three like red shirt characters that have been in the movie for less than two or three lines that are focused on in this final um third act so when we lose these three million people we don't really give a shit about who we lost at the very end uh what's his face um watchman 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 uh, Patrick Wilson um, starts beating the shit out of uh, Adrian Veidt 
and then he just stops. Um, it, it doesn't really compute with me personally. I can see why a lot of people have uh, an issue with this movie when it comes to the very end. Um, it really does feel like there's this um, rise to becoming... Uh, there's this rise to the end of the movie and then at the very end the God character uh, Dr. Manhattan is turned turned on the side of Adrian Veidt because Veidt says you know if we all come together to as a world to um, to fight a single entity then we will um, have defeated or we you know we will have um rid the war of rid the world of nuclear war and so because Dr. Manhattan can see the future or his immediate future I guess that's why he agrees to go along with it and ends up taking out Jackie Early Haley's uh, Rorschach's character Um, it's quite a different type of ending for um, I don't know the majority of superhero films, you know, majority of the films, the good guys normally win, but in this movie, it's very much, you know, the good guys are part of the problem, but also part of the solution, so it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that, um, anything else that we can cover specifically from this movie, I know this is kind of a funky review, because I'm uh, finding my notes kind of puts a little uh, you know, some details in there that I wasn't originally talking about. Let me talk about just a couple things. Um, the intro of this movie, I honestly, I've re- I'm recording this in two different segments, so I can't really remember exactly if I said that or not, but the intro was amazing. Um, I thought it was interesting that Adrian Veidt sold, sold his image and his likeness, um, so he, he becomes um, famous as a superhero. And, uh, you know, they're making figurines and stuff like that. Kind of probably what a lot of people would do if they were a real-life superhero. Um, Or some people would. Um, Vietnam scene with Dr. Manhattan was uh, beautifully terrifying with him just, you know, obliterating everybody. Um, The comedian, obviously, is horrible. Um, And the sexual assault is, you know, hard to watch. Because it's not only a sexual assault, but it's like a quote-unquote super villain sexual assault so it's like silk specter is getting slammed into the table and getting slammed onto the floor and then we're getting these 300 style you know Zack snyder speed up slow down punches into the gut it is hard to watch um uh, one of the more interesting concepts i thought this movie was introducing was badges over masks which is something the HBO series has been talking about, you know, uh, wearing masks in the Watchmen universe of the movie has become outlawed, and uh, there's very much a pro, uh, you know, police, uh, I don't know, sector within this, or there's there's pro-police ideology within this movie. Um, but they also kind of touch again on that um, in the HBO series as well. And in talking about, you know, what if there was 
an extremely liberal president or an extremely right wing president or an extremely, you know, uh, if if we fall too far into one of these, uh, you know, political uh, realms, what are the repercussions of that? You know, like um, HBO goes, uh, Watchmen was there's at the very first scene, one of the very first scenes is um, they have to the police on that show have to get. Um, approval to use their gun. And so I could definitely see in an, a you know, very far left leaning country, if we were, then, you know, in some scenarios, I could see that police would have to get <clears throat> protocols to use their uh, weapons. And in some scenarios, um, that would be great. You know, we don't want them popping off just random desk, desk pops and whatnot. We don't want police to shooting at anything. And that's obviously what we would hope it would cause, or we would hope it would curb, you know, just random shootings like that so that they have approval for it. But on the other hand, it also shows what if they are unable to get to their weapon in time? What if they're unable to, you know, defend themselves? Um, So they are definitely walking the line of... uh, uh, the political spectrum, you know, the left-leaning, right-leaning kind of thing. All right, what else do we have here? Um, okay, so um, Dr. Manhattan's sex scene is uh, interesting. He can be in multiple spots at once. This This character is absolutely fascinating. I love to just hear all of the different types of rules this guy has uh, written for him as a character. And Billy Crudup, I thought, does an excellent job. Just uh, I don't know exactly if they created a whole new body for him, because I'm, I'm almost guaranteed that's not Billy Crudup's body. Um, he's not that jacked. Um, so I guess they kind of use his face and his voice. Um, but we find out through the sex scene with him and Laurie Jupiter that they are... Um, He's able to be in multiple places at once. And not only that, he can basically multiply himself while they're in bed. Which gets probably some people really excited and other people that might freak out. I, I personally think it's kind of cool that he's able to, uh, you know, to to complete multiple tasks at one time. I, and I know it's probably, uh, the problem with it is trying to understand that as a human um, just really doesn't make sense because us as humans aren't super multitask uh, enabled like he is. Like we can't build a, a nuclear warhead while uh, you know you know having sex with our spouse or something like that. It's just not how that works because uh, you know we're human like that. So let's just say uh, the 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 one thing about trying to understand Doctor Manhattan's uh, power is that it's. It's somewhat self-evident in the HBO Go series, uh, the sorry, the HBO uh, streaming series, Watchmen, that he's not always 100% uh, focusing on where he is in the present. Like, if he's working on Mars, if he's... He's constantly living all, all parts of the timeline simultaneously, which is... It's really hard to you know, figure that out or to break that down. But it's definitely a way that it would show that he would be distracted as a character. Um, 
you know, constantly absorbing new information and living all parts of the timeline at once. Um, in yeah, in the HBO Go series, you can tell that he is he's not present um, always. He's um, you know he's off doing different things in different parts of the timeline, and you can tell that he's just not engaging with the people around him like he would be if he was president. So uh, I thought that was just one really interesting thing to uh, to catch for the Doctor Manhattan uh, storyline. What else do we have uh, for the notes real quick? Um, the sex scene, uh, the cancer. Okay, so there is speculation. I think that Adrian Veidt through this movie uh, in, kind of incepts the idea that um, he pushes the idea that Dr. Manhattan causes cancer. And there's... Uh, you know, there's this major scene where they're trying to interview him on stage, and you know they bring his girlfriend, his best friend, on. Uh, his, they bring his girlfriend on stage, and then they confront him about his his one of his best friends dying from cancer, and it really does look like that he might be uh, the cause of it, and the way that that um, is. Um, shown through the editing of the the fighting, I believe it was Laurie Jupiter and uh, Dan Dryberg, and uh, they're kind of whooping ass. I think they're going through a prison or something like that at one point. Sorry, it's before the prison riot. It's uh, they're going to save I don't know a couple of people. I think from a burning building, I, I believe, and it's edited between that and Doctor Manhattan being interviewed, and I. I think that the uh, the tonal shifts absolutely work. You know, we're seeing some people whoop some ass and some action, but we're also seeing the unfolding of a storyline of someone as interesting as Dr. Manhattan. And very much through the second half of this, uh, uh, second hour of this movie is very much the Manhattan story. And uh, honestly, it, it's, it's my favorite hour of the movie. Um... <clears throat> when they're describing the background of uh, Dr. Manhattan and like the symbol that he came up with, we find out, you know, he's really heavily involved as a, I think his father was a clockmaker and was trying to, you know, always trying to teach him how to build clocks. And so I always thought that the, uh, the symbol on his head was from the, uh, from the clocks. Um, or it, it looked like a clock symbol to me, but it, you know, it could be something else. Uh, someone said that it, on IMDb it's like some sort of hydrogen model or something like that, proton something, I don't know, maybe something scientific or uh, chemistry related, um, which I am neither of those. <laughs> um, but I do like that little symbol that he puts on his forehead. And in the movie he says that he does it because of the marketing, quote-unquote marketing boys say he needs a symbol. And I really like that because that's exactly what they would say if uh, – you know, in the real world, they probably did say that, you know, the, you know, there probably really were marketing people behind the Watchmen comics saying, hey, we need symbols for these people that these, uh, you know, these are really interesting figures, but we need to have uh, uh, symbols and iconography that can really stick with them. And I think that symbol on uh, Mr. Dr. Manhattan's forehead is one of them. Um, one of the, uh, 
One of the uh, big parts of this movie is that they bring to light, they say that God exists and he is American. I think that this movie definitely comes at a time where um, it's kind of the... uh, I'd say it's before we really got critical about living in the United States. I think there was a long time after 9-11 where it was very heavily implied that it we wanted to un undeniably say that you know I'm American and I'm proud um and of course I was a lot younger during the uh, early 2000s so I could be a little bit wronger with depending on which side you're leaning um but honestly as the time this is right before I think that the time that we really wanted to start criticizing us as a uh, as a country and crit- critic not just criticizing i think criticizing sounds a little bit too hard but maybe having some self-reflection uh on our country because this movie very much feels rooted in 2009 i think that even though that they're you know they're talking about you know rorschach's talking about owning the libs and stuff like that um there really is a uh a a view of this movie that stays in 2009 for me specifically just the ideology we have reflecting our country and i i didn't realize that there was going to be that big of a, a reflection within the movie i thought it was, when originally watching the watchman i thought it was just going to be uh you know mostly focused on these people and uh this the uh, the investigation of uh, the death of a colleague, but really it becomes so much more expansive than that. You know, we learn about uh, quote unquote uh, revisionist history. You know, we're talking about the uh, Vietnam War, the Cold War, and we're talking about all the other uh, big political intrigues that happened through uh, the mid 1900s. Um, and so, yeah, I was. I was not expecting all of that uh, behind the scenes. So let's finish this up real quick. Um, in this movie, they talk about liberals are referred to as communist, which I guess that was the quote-unquote way to categorize uh, uh, another political party. Um, let's see. Rorschach, let me talk about him real quick. I think I did say that he reminds me of like a the de- detective side of Batman. Not only from the visuals of looking like a detective, the mask is awesome. It's got the Rorschach uh, uh, test on him. And when he's exploded by Dr. Manhattan, it's like the Rorschach uh, blood angel in the, uh, in the snow, which was very cool i didn't realize that at first i had to watch the bald move listen to a bald move podcast to listen to that to learn that um rorschach his mother uh bullies the hell out of him just terrible mother um and bullied by other bullies and so that's kind of where he started to you know fight back um as walter cobrat kovats um the action in this very felt uh, felt very loosely based on uh, Korean action films. Some of the uh, reminded me a little bit of The Raid. I think The Raid came out a couple years, I think around 2009, if not 2009. I'm, I'm, I might be a little off. Let me see. The Raid. Yeah, The Raid Redemption was uh, 
2011. So it came out right after this. Um, let me see. Some of the small details, like when Archie, the uh, the flying owl head thing or whatever, that uh, Night Owl flies in. Uh, I, I like the detail in this movie. I don't know if I discussed it enough in the first half of this, but there's so much detail that goes into the background, the set dressing, the... The, uh, the small things like the trophies that are etched in, the, the, the photographs, the newspapers, the uh, all the small things in the background in this movie all uh, reward for a repeat watch. And so you're, like, you're constantly getting new stuff. And I'm sure after you uh, read all of the um, comics, you learn a ton of different things as well. Um, if you're on YouTube watching or listening to this, comment down below. Tell me what you thought about Watchmen 2009. You know, does it does it hold up? Did you did you like the movie originally? Have you not seen it? What's you know what's what? Um, but yeah, I uh, and anything I got wrong with this, you know, let let me know. Comment down below. Let, <laughs> if you're like, dude, what the hell are you talking about? It's uh, you know, it's Rorschach, not the comedian, or comedian, not Rorschach. It's like there's there's tons of mythology about this uh, specific property that I it's so easy to get wrong. Um, you know, I apologize for that. I'm not trying to you know spread misinformation or anything like that. Mostly just uh, stuff that I've gained from the film, all opinion based, all just uh, things that I've noticed that um, I really did or didn't like about the movie. Um, you know, small things uh, like uh, the Silk Spectre and the Adventures of Acme Crushman or something like that. You know, the the small comic book details. Like I have no idea if that was really in the original comic book um, or not. So yeah, it uh, was. Uh, Great rewatch. I think this is a fantastic companion piece to Watchmen. Um, though it's a fantastic companion. It's like a prequel to the uh, the streaming show on HBO, and that's basically why I went back and rewatched it. I wanted to check it out. But uh, thank y'all for uh, watching, listening, The Watchmen. Be sure to check out all the other Lucky Dog podcasts. Uh, Lucky Dog podcasts on SoundCloud, Apple iTunes, Google Play, Castbox, Overcast, YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, Instagram, all the social medias. Why can't there just be one? There's just so fucking many. But uh, yeah, check us out on there. Full podcast libraries on SoundCloud. You already know what it is, what it ain't, what it is, what it ain't. Um, PayPal.me slash Lucky podcast for all donations. We could not do this podcast without your help and your support. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production. Thank you for listening, and take it easy. Remember, nothing ever truly is. Why would I save the world? I, think I no I longer that. have any stand in the courtroom. <laughs> Do it for me. Is it nothing ever ends? I think it's nothing ever ends. Ah, fuck it. No.